Hello, everyone. Welcome to Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm JR. And we will bring you the latest sports news, commentaries, and opinions as they come out. So buckle up. This is going to be a fun ride. Uh, First on our list of topics is the NFL as a whole. And as many of you know, um, we recently had the Super Bowl. We had that on Sunday. And um, so to Ethan and JR, um, let's just go gameplay. What did you guys take away from that? Okay. Um, So what I took away from that is the Chiefs are, like, really good at coming back from at least double-digit deficits. And I think that's a huge um, tribute to Mahomes because he kept his head in it and they played very well, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought early on the 49ers were very good. They kept the run game going. Their O-line was very good to start off, and the Kansas City defense um, could not contain them. And it looked like the 49ers were going to run away with it, but I don't know. Something about Patrick Mahomes, man, he's just able to come back and mm. play. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good game, and I'm happy Andy Reid was able to get his Super Bowl win. Yeah. I mean... I said at the beginning of, or not even the beginning, before the Super Bowl was even, um, before Sunday, I my prediction was it was going to be a battle of the O-lines um, against the opposing D-lines. And if one O-line gave in to the other, then that team was probably going to lose. And I mean, that's exactly what happened with the Niners. Um, the Chiefs' defensive line just continually wore down the Niners offensive front and at the end of the day especially in the third and fourth quarter uh people like Chris Jones and um other people on the D-line uh were just hitting home on Jimmy Garoppolo you have anything to add um well I wasn't exactly surprised that the Chiefs got the win but I was surprised in the way that they did it I I thought the Chiefs defense was a a lot better better than what I expected. Mm. Not saying that it wasn't the offense, because obviously the offense is a team that put up all 31 points on Sunday, but I think the defensive line really stopped. I mean, Raheem Mostert, who had 200-plus yards last, uh, well, two weeks ago, only had 58 this week, and just a touchdown. I mean, they really stopped him, and Garoppolo didn't really have that good of a day. And his passing was tested, and I thought that the defense really should. They really, they rose to the occasion at least. I wouldn't say that they were. They're not. They're still not a great defense, but they did what they had to do. I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I'm sorry. I just Jimmy Garoppolo was picking apart the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I you can't deny that. In the first half, yeah. But he still, when you look at the stats, he was only, he was twenty for thirty one, which is pretty good. He only threw for two hundred and nineteen yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback by any means, because he is the NFC champion. But I just I think I've seen him play better, and I really did not think that he played to his full potential on Sunday. I mean, yeah, but it depends on how. If, are we looking at this as a whole, or are we looking at this half by half, you know? I think, I mean, he had a good half and he had a bad half, obviously. The 
I mean, but in general, he still played. He did play a good game. You are right. He did play a pretty good game. But I think the Chiefs' defense has been known to be, you know, a very weak link of the team. And I think that they at least, especially, like like I said, more on the defensive line side than the secondary. Right. I think the Chiefs' defense did, it at least surprised me how well they played. Not that they played insanely great, but it surprised me how well they played. Hmm. Um. I also want to say that although Patrick Mahomes did have two interceptions as well, I think the main difference between those two is that Patrick Mahomes has the wheels when he wants to be. There were plenty of instances that game where he was able to escape out of the pocket and get even like five yards, which made it more manageable, um, or like a third down, or even like a first down. So I thought that was the that was the difference for for the quarterback play, in my opinion. Hmm. I would like to point out. Patrick Mahomes, one of three to, in the first three years of their career, win the NFL MVP and then win the Super Bowl. He also then won the Super Bowl MVP, and I wanted to know, what did you guys think about that? Do you think he was, do you think he was the guy who should have gotten it, or? I mean, you, you could have given it. There, I would have said maybe Damian Williams, purely because he did have, like, three touchdowns in that game, too. He only had two. Never mind, no, he one one rushing, one receiving touchdown. He had one rushing, one receiving. Now, obviously, that other that one receiving will that was a questionable, a little call. sketchy there, a little yeah. sketchy. But I mean, they gave it to him, so we're gonna count it as his. So I thought he could have. I also thought maybe even Chris Jones could have gotten it because he played in tremendous defense. He batted away like a couple of b- balls, and I thought he kind of helped them down the stretch. I mean, yeah, at the same time, I don't know. It seemed to me that Patrick Mahomes really just had kind of an off night. Um, He wasn't as accurate um, as we've seen him before. Um, There was a lot of him throwing it into the dirt unintentionally. Um, I mean, how many times did we see Tyreek Hill have to come back five yards to go and dive for the ball, Um, which is highly uncharacteristic of um, Holmes. I mean, granted, he's playing the Niners secondary, who have arguably the best secondary in the game. Um, But at the same time, that struck me as uncharacteristic and not necessarily MVP worthy. Um, Personally, I could see giving it to someone like Debo Samuel, who had a heck of a night, um, really just going and getting it done um, for the Niners offense. Uh, I could have also seen, like Ethan said, Damian Williams getting that... um, that award as well i completely agree with that i think although patrick mahomes did have 286 yards two touchdowns and two interceptions very much like jimmy garoppolo i don't think that's a stat line that shows his full potential i think especially with how explosive that chief's offense has been i was kind of surprised that patrick mahomes did not throw for at least 300 yards i mean that's almost a given for him with how explosive that wide receiving Mm -hmm. core is and they always i mean between McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and Tyree Kill. You got and Travis the, Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, yeah. yeah. But you got some of the most athletic, fast, wide receiving core. I was just surprised by how well or well how well contained he was on the big plays. And I don't I mean, it's pretty it's pretty common to give it to the quarterback. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah. But I really like Todd said, I think Debo Samuel, I mean, he only had 53 rushing yards, and only about 40 receiving yards. But those were like, 
in times where the Niners were down, he really brought them up. A couple third down conversions. I mean, I think Debo Samuel would be who would who, in my opinion, would win the NFL Super Bowl MVP. Well, and the scary thing is the Chiefs still scored 31 points when Patrick Holmes has an off night. Yeah. So had their offense, <laughs> that's a good point. Had their offense been on, like that, I could have seen in excess of forty points. Yeah, I mean, at least he he played like one of the worst games of his career, and they still still played. won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now there was a questionable call at the end of the first half. The George Kittle offensive pass interference. Mm. Now I could have seen it both ways. Yeah. Um. I, I also see it both ways, too. I mean, there was a little bit of a... I mean, he obviously reached the hand. Like, it went out. There's no doubt about that. It went out, and it did affect the cornerback, at least visually. Now, did it stop the cornerback from making a play? I don't think any of us will know that because we weren't there in person to see it. But I think I think at least from a visual perspective from sitting down at our home watching it on the TV, that that was the right call. Yeah, I mean, to me, it really reminds me of what happened with Kyle Rudolph in the uh, NFC wildcard game between the Vikings and the Saints. Um, end of overtime, you know, did Kyle Rudolph push off? Did he not? I, I don't know. It, to me, one of my friends said it best that um, if we're here talking about how – Kyle Rudolph, or in this case, George Kittle's fingers moved against the cornerback's body. We're analyzing this too deeply, and that's clearly not enough to make a substantial decision. So Now, could they have reviewed it? Yes. Maybe they should have, just because. It's a it's inside the two-minute warning. Mm. I just don't know if you can call that in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I can see it both ways. Yeah. Well, um... Moving on, um, after the Super Bowl, of course, we have um, the draft. And so what are your guys' thoughts on what comes next for some of these NFL teams? Who do you think certain teams are targeting? And Well, obviously, Joe Burrow is going to go to the Bengals. It's pretty clear-cut. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton is in a situation where... He has some potential, but he's been long, a little long in the tooth, and he, he just hasn't been performing. Um, I think also I've seen a lot about um, potentially Chase Young going to um, the Redskins, um, and that would be kind of scary um, if you're anyone in the NFC who has to or especially the NFC East, who has to play him um, two times a year. But um, I'm not sure if that'll make enough of a, def- uh, of a defensive front or to make a difference for the Redskins. And obviously one of the most interesting prospects is going to be Tua Tungavailoa. And how... <laughs> Says the Alabama fan. No, no, no. And how, like... Because obviously he's just coming off hip surgery, so right. you honestly don't know until the combine how he's going to be. Right. So, well, I mean, I've seen as many mock drafts him going fifth. I've also seen him going late first round. So we don't know. We need to see him perform at the combine in order to make a correct uh, judgment. 
I also think um, I think the wide receiving core is pretty good this year. Mm. Um, you got guys like Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, CD Lamb, KJ Hamler. Now I feel like we're a little bit biased <laughs> on KJ Hamler. Don't get me wrong. He's a great talent. He did great things at Penn State. And he's a very explosive playmaker. He's speedy. But I think we do have a little bit of bias that we are from Pennsylvania. Speak and we for are yourself. I don't like Penn State. <laughs> I, I don't either. Okay, but but we 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 do tend to hear more about KJ Hamler and his big is, plays yeah. than we do other wide receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. I I can think back to like last year. I didn't know. Anything about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf until combine. the combine, because you know we're not from Mississippi, we're not from down there where they're the big stars that everyone's talking about, and here they are, you know, they're it up. in the playoffs as wide receiver one or two, right? Um, and so with drafts also comes free agency. Um, I know we saw yesterday. Vic Beasley is probably going to walk free from the Falcons. And um, we're also talking people, I mean, people who need to have their contracts renewed. Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you know, frontliners. And um, I mean, most likely they are going to have their contracts renewed, but. I'm not sure about Brady. I mean, that Hulu commercial did. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think, I think. It's Tom Brady. Let's be real here. There's, there's been speculation the last couple years that, not not going to another team, but retiring was coming next for Tom Brady at the end of the season, and he hasn't done it. And he hasn't. I think we can speculate all we want, but I think, no matter how much we want to believe it, Tom Brady will walk out on opening day in the NFL with the number twelve in the Patriots uniform. Yeah. Another interesting one is Philip Rivers. And where he's going to end up, because obviously there's been speculation about him going to the Buccaneers. And then, then it's a domino effect. Like Then you got, where do, where do you got, what do you do with Jameis Winston? Where, and then after that, it's just it's a domino effect. And I don't know if Philip Rivers is going to leave or not. That, that I think, is a huge dependent on where Tom Brady goes, in all honesty. I mean, yeah, at the same time, I also don't think it's Philip Rivers' choice at this point. Yeah. I think if he had his way, he'd stay in L.A. and retire um, in a couple of years, but frankly, I don't think the upper management is too happy with him after the season that he put together. I mean, this is just not the same Philip Rivers we're used to seeing. Um, and he's got some good weapons around him too. So I, mean, I mean, yeah. Um, at the same time, he recently sold his house in San Diego, which I, frankly, I don't even know why he still has a house in San Diego, given that he's playing in LA, but, um, he sold that house and is now living in Florida, which you mentioned, Tampa Bay, so I think we're missing a pun intended pretty big target in free agency <laughs> in Jadavion Clowney. That's who true. Did Ooh. not get a franchise tag signed when he was traded to the Seahawks earlier this NFL season. I think. I mean, obviously he does have the option to come back to the Seahawks if they give him money. But any defense, if you're on offense. Any team that you're lining up against Jadavion Clowney with, that's scary. I mean, Jadavion Clowney is, no matter how many struggles and injuries he's had over the last few years, is still 
that same guy that we watched knock a helmet off a guy a couple you, years ago in college. Imagine if you went to the Steelers. Like, that defense would be insane. I mean, yeah, but who do you kick out to put him in? There's no real spot. Alu-Alu. Who? Alu-Alu. I have no clue who that okay, is. Okay, he's a backup defensive lineman, so... Well, okay, then you're talking about putting Jadevian Clowney in as a backup defensive lineman, though. Yeah. No, but it'd be like Stefan Tuitt, Cameron Hayward, Jadevian Clowney. Next Where's year. Javon Hargrave? Javon Hargrave had a pretty or good Bud season. Or Bud Dupree. 4-3. Bud Dupree's a linebacker. Oh, he's an true. edge rusher. He's, so is TJ Watt. I don't think Jadavion Clowney makes much sense to the Steelers. Yeah. As, well, as yeah, as, I'm not saying. Much, I'm just saying imagine. I mean, as, why as spend draft as, capital yeah. on something yeah, you already I know. have? Um, I don't know. I can see him. There's a bunch of places that would probably take him. Can you imagine Detroit with him? Because that defense, they're, they're struggling a little bit. I mean, sure, their secondary is... Big play slay. Yeah, I and mean, that's that's <laughs> well, uh, you have uh, Quandre Diggs too, but I mean, or I'm sorry, no, he's with the Seahawks now. He got traded. That's right. Um, exactly, pretty much it. Darius Slay, and that's it. Yeah, secondary's a little thin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, NFL honors. Um, as many of you probably know, were night before the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I feel like some of those awards were definitely deserved. Um, I mean, Nick Bosa had a heck of a season. Um, I think he was definitely in the running for Rookie of the Year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, no question that he's Defensive Rookie of the Year. One thing I don't agree with, and feel free, you two, to come at me for this, I don't think Kyler deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year. I would say Josh Jacobs. I would completely agree yeah, with that. The, the Cardinals fan in me hurts to say that Kyler Murray does not deserve the MVP. And, yeah, he did have a, I wouldn't say great season, but he had a good season. Yeah. Given that but, he's a rookie, yeah. But you look at Josh Jacobs' number and... 1,200 rushing yards, something like that. With all due respect to uh, Mayock and the uh, Raiders organization... That offensive line is nowhere near the talent of, say, (laughs) the Cowboys. I mean, yes, but at the same time, the Raiders' offensive line has multiple pro bowlers and all pros on it. But there are some holes. I mean, sure, yes. And 1,200 yards is 1,200 yards. Right. Especially for a rookie. Especially for a rookie, yeah. Um, I also could have seen, I think like you said, I could have seen Nick Bosa win it as well. I mean, yeah, he deserved... To win, I mean, he did win Rookie of the Year. Um, now, what do you guys think of Defensive Player of the Year? Stephon Gilmore is the best cornerback in the NFL. Yes, but but is he the Defensive Player of the Year? Who would be better than him? <sighs> you now, could make an argument for T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt had a great season, but... I well, I was like, saying, like... Oh, I feel like corners are overlooked because you don't that's usually... True. I was going to say Tredavious White. Shavius mm. White did have a pretty good season. I'll give him that. He's good. I think Gilmore's better. Yeah. I just think the problem with... I think the thing that finally got recognized on the defensive side of the ball is the whole idea of, like, targets and reception to target. Thing. Like, you know what I mean. Like, the reception to target ratio. Like, I think Gilmore just had it down this season. He was by far the best corner and defensive player in the whole entire NFL. Well, I just thought the New England Patriots defense as a whole was very good in all honesty. Yeah, they were pretty darn scary. I also, I really liked Ryan Tannehill winning comeback player of the year. I thought that was the right decision. I right. could see that. You could also make an argument for Shaq Barrett. 
Yeah. I did, but, I mean, Tannehill, Dolphins quarterback to a AFC championship runner-up, yeah. I mean... That's on the impressive. Titans, replacing Marcus Mariota halfway through now, the now, now, granted, Derrick Henry was a big contributor to that. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, across the span that he started, he had the highest passer rating in the NFL. I mean, he was up in the 130s. Yeah, and I think what 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 was good for him is, is he didn't throw the ball that much. He did what he needed to do to win, but he didn't He didn't play hero ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought made it well for him. Well, moving on now to the world of basketball um, and the NBA. Um, as a Portland Trailblazers fan, this brings me great pride to say just how nice of a hot streak Damian Lillard has had. He has been on fire. He can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. I mean, literally, the paint, the three-point line, the paint beyond the three-point line, like, it doesn't matter at this point. And, um, yeah, I thought he's, he's been playing pretty well. Um, I also think, although they haven't played well recently, but the Utah Jazz, before their three-game skid, they've, they've won, I don't know, like, 21 or, like, something. I don't know. They, they, they're, they're on a good streak there. They were second mm-hmm. and then slid, but, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're going to get those skids. Um, Mike. Conley not having the best year for us, unfortunately. Okay, buddy, this is not the Utah Jazz show. This is Double FM Sports. Let's get off the uh, not-so-great jazz. As and you're probably about to talk about Bradley Beal and the Wizards, right? No. Actually, I would like to voice my opinion. It might be unpopular. Sorry to you Rockets fans, but Damian Lillard is my midseason MVP. Woo! Here we go. I mean... I could see the argument for it at the same time. Yeah, there's a legitimate case for that. I mean, I, I think the main difference maker is defense because, as we all know, James Harden does not play defense. <laughs> so, um, and, I mean, you were saying earlier um, before the show that Damian Lillard is averaging, like, at least a steal a game, um, which I can say with – pretty much certifiable confidence, James Harden is not averaging a steal a game. So... We're not averaging, like, five steals a year. That's a very fair point. Um, (laughs) I think you also have to look at the offensive efficiency. Yes, James Harden does occasionally, every, you know, few games drop a 60-point game, 50-point game. But how many times (laughs) does he shoot? Damian Lillard has done, like, multiple within six games. Yeah, but... The question comes, how much does James Harden look like a college Trey Young, where he is the <laughs> only guy shooting the ball, and he's shooting it 40 times a night, and although he has 10 threes and 30 points, he's only shooting 25%. <laughs> yeah, That's so a good point. I think, I honestly think I'm with you. I think he's a little overrated, in all honesty. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't Especially call him on overrated. The, on the defensive side. I wouldn't call him overrated, because everyone recognizes his ineffectiveness on the defensive side. Um, but I, I think most people... He's gotten to the point where most people are cynical enough to see past all of the points that he puts up. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, we have, um, obviously, the All-Star game um, and that whole weekend and everything associated with that. Um, but maybe more important than who made the All-Star game is who didn't make it. And this year we have... 
several notable snubs. Um, Ethan, you look like you have something to say okay. about that. I think you're going to say what I'm going to say, but Devin Booker deserves to make the All-Star I game. think we're all agreed on I, that. I would I, completely agree with that. I don't see a way where he does not make the All-Star game. I don't understand. I don't know who you put him in over. You probably put him in over any of those any of the reserves in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, that, well, no. There are some pretty good reserves. And yeah. there are guys who do deserve to be on that all-star team that are the reserves and not the starters. But I think, I mean, Devin Booker is having a great season. Yeah. And I mean, really. There's, there's nothing. You cannot say that he's not having a great season. But he wasn't the only one that was snubbed for the all-star game. I think you got to look at two of my favorite players, and yes, there is bias in this, but Bradley, <laughs> little bit Bradley Beal and Paul George. There it is. Both of them, Bradley Beal and Paul George, are having. I don't like that face you're making at me, but look at the stats. No, how I many points I don't per have game? I don't know problem with Bradley Beal. It's Paul George. I got a problem with. Yeah, I'm I'm with Ethan on this. I have a problem with Paul George. He's missed so much time to injury, and even when he is on the court, he's taking a backseat to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but at the same time, guys. It's Paul George we're talking about. Paul George, injured or not, is still one of the top 50 basketball players in the NBA today. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, just like if Michael Jordan just came out of retirement for the millionth time and walked onto the court, we're not just going to hand him an all-star vote because he's Michael Jordan. Well, in this day and age, when Alex Caruso and Taco Fall are in the all-star starter votes, maybe we would. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying if, if we're talking – if we're making decisions with clear heads on our shoulders, I I think – I don't know. I think out of the three that we've mentioned, Paul George is the least legitimate. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I do think that he ranks behind Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. 100% you can make a case for Bradley Beal. Devin Booker should be in there completely. Yeah. Honestly, um, I'd say over Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I know you – might not you said you liked Russell Westbrook in there I I do like Russell Westbrook in there and maybe it's more the fact that he's just I like watching him compared to maybe the type of year that he's having I like watching the athletic point guard you know pushing it to the paint you know he does he does it all I think and that's what I like about him now I guess with the stats you could make an argument obviously like Paul George he is taking a seat behind James Harden. <laughs> More than a seat. Well, <laughs> He's in the back row. Yeah, but... You see what I... like? I get what you're saying, yeah. yeah. At, at the same time, I mean, I've also heard the argument for maybe taking Chris Paul out. But at the same time, I think based on what we were all expecting, the kind of season for him to have, I mean... We all saw last year with James Harden in Houston as kind of a bit of a down year, and we thought it was... I mean, really, I I think I can say with confidence among the three of us, we all kind of thought he's on his way out. But he's had a bit of a a renaissance in Oklahoma City, um, just playing some really nice ball, and I think he deserves to to be in that lineup and be honored in that way. I... As much as it's paying me to say you could make a case from going over Donovan Mitchell. You could. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think Rudy Gobert deserves to be in there based on how good Rudy defense, Gobert's a, a lock for sure. Based on how good of defense he's been playing this year and he's the leading field goal percentage scorer in the NBA. I I I know we just went on to two other people, but I think back to Chris Paul. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder 
when Russell Westbrook and Paul George left, everyone thought that they were going to be terrible. I, I can guarantee that there weren't many fans who were That's thinking true. the Oklahoma City Thunder were going to be a playoff contention team. And look at them now. They're eight games back from the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, that that's a fair point. Um, I most certainly thought that they would either have a losing record or just in general weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll and... admit I was very down on them this year. Um, uh, they have surprised me, and yeah, I don't... Yeah. They've, they... they've been playing, they've been doing their They've been doing their thing. And it seemed to be working. So if you can get some more talent around Chris Paul, maybe you got a, you got a thing going there. Yeah, good point. Um, and also... Speaking of getting more talent, we have the trade deadline coming up in two days. Yes, we do. Um, and so there's a lot associated with that. Well, I think that there are, you know, there are the obvious guys who are looking to get traded. I think, at least personally, a name that comes up is Robert Covington. He's kind of he moves all over the place. He's been in Minnesota. Where is he now? He's in. He's in Minnesota. He's in Minnesota now. No, no, he was from Philadelphia yeah. to Minnesota, and he's been linked with deals everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, pretty much. But I think one that a few people might not agree with, but a uh, one of my favorite reporters, Stephen A. Smith, uh, he said Derrick Rose needs to go to the Lakers, and uh, I think he's right. I think Danny Green. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee are a pretty good starting four. I mean, if you, LeBron, if you have LeBron... Alex Caruso. <laughs> Alex Caruso does not start. The uh, starting point guard is actually Avery Bradley, who, I guess in his defense, has had a decent season now that I look at the stats. He used to be really game. good. But Derrick Rose, I mean, who would not love to see the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Derrick Rose win the NBA Finals after all the, the sad times that the Lakers have had to deal with last week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if the Lakers win, I mean, like, I'm not going to be upset. I think it's great for them. And I don't I don't think we really want to get into the Kobe thing, but I think based on the events that have occurred in the past couple weeks, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be great for them. See, but that's where you need Derrick Rose. And I'm not saying it has to be Derrick Rose, but I think... Anthony Davis and LeBron James, one of, I mean, that's that's one of the greatest pairings in basketball right now. I think if they were able to, if they were able to get a third scorer like Derrick Rose, I think that that would really, you know, that would really boost their potential. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, Derrick Rose has been battling injuries for, like, 10 years now. Like, since the 2010-2011 season, he has not played more than 67 games in a season. Yeah, but... That's why Avery Bradley and Alex Caruso and Quinn Cook. But even then, he hasn't been... Even when he is healthy, he hasn't been as effective as he once was. Okay, yes, but he's still very effective. And I, I would like to point this out. Derrick Rose could play 82 games, he could play 50 games, he could play 40 games, but he only needs to play 16 games to win an NBA championship. And I know, I'm not saying the Los Angeles Lakers are going to go sweep all four of their opponents, but I think that with how load management works today, if Derrick Rose really did have a problem when it came to injuries this season, he'd be able to come up when they need him. And I think that is what really would push the Lakers to a title. It's a valid point. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're, we're, we're also missing um, Andre Drummond. And um, Kevin Love. And Kevin Love. Um, I mean, there's been talk about Kevin Love going possibly home to Portland. Um, Andre Drummond has been shopped literally everywhere. Yeah. And also um, Clint Capella. Yeah, who... Apparently he's um, heavily linked to Boston right now, based on recent reports. Well, and, and I could see that. That'd be interesting right there. I but, mean, Boston has, as I saw this morning, an Al Horford-sized gap in their team right now. They, they don't have a clear center. But the problem... But who do you see them giving up for... Now, granted, I guess you could just say they could give uh, first-round picks, because I'm pretty sure, don't they have at yeah, least they, three, maybe four, and... That is pretty enticing. A few first-round picks, especially with this NBA draft coming up. I think there are some great players. But, I mean, you can't really get rid of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba. Kemba. I can't see them trading any of that. And besides that, there are some good players, don't get me wrong. But I don't really see anyone who's, you know, Clint Capella worthy. I think... I mean, you could maybe do a package of, like, Ennis Kanner and Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart is... A little bit too valuable for that. Um, I would agree. He's he's a great player, especially coming off the bench. Um, Ennis Canner, I could see. I think the Celtics would have to sweeten the deal a little bit. Um, Where the first round picks could come into play, right? Maybe a, maybe two picks and Ennis Canner for Clint Capella. I mean, that might even be too high a price for Clint Capella, um, who has been injured a lot this season. That and is, that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we also have, obviously we've talked about Andre Drummond, who's been right. shopped literally everywhere. I mean, first it was the Hawks. Now I don't even know where. I mean, I feel like every team would want him. In all honesty, most teams would take him. Most teams do need a center these days. I mean, there aren't many true centers like Andre Drummond who can put up, you know, twelve points and twenty rebounds. And he will put up more than twelve points. <laughs> That's Rudy Gobert's stat lines: twelve points. Okay, Mr. Jazz. <laughs> Anyway, um, that seems to be the state of the NBA right now. We'll um, see what happens come Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to college. Um, obviously, you've got the new rankings for men's hoops. And, um, I mean, no surprise seeing Baylor up at the top with um, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State, Louisville, those guys. I, I know, Ethan, I know you're upset that I did not just say Duke. But there's seven, okay? Behind an Atlantic 10 team in Dayton. In Dayton. And don't get me wrong. Obi Toppin, in my opinion, one of the top five college basketball players this season. But we are talking about Dayton. I mean, there aren't many people who have... I mean, no. If you pay attention to college basketball, you know who Dayton is. When's the last you, time they won a championship? Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. Duke? You, you wouldn't... No, Dayton. No, Dayton. We know but, the yeah. last time Duke won a championship. I think... A big, a big move is after Auburn the last couple weeks had lost their undefeated record, they have had uh, some struggles, I guess. But they are back up to 11th, yes, after beating Kentucky in a what was pretty close till the end game. I thought it was a pretty good one. And Maryland also moved six spots up to the top 10. Yeah, I, I think Maryland... Um, I think Anthony Cowan is very good for them, and I think they could maybe make a run this year. Obviously, we all know that there's not a clear-cut winner. Yeah. Who we who we all know, oh, they're gonna win easy. 
I mean, there is none. I mean, we've you, seen I could... a record number one seeds already, and it's just the beginning of February. We still right. have a mar- we still have a month till conference tournaments, and then in like and then you two got... weeks till yeah. March Madness. I mean, we could very easily see two more number one teams. I mean, all it takes is Baylor to lose. Yeah, I mean, if the if I mean San Diego State doesn't really have strength of schedule, but if Gonzaga and Baylor lose. And they very much so could because it's been a very up and down season for every single team. I could see San Diego State becoming the one over Kansas. I mean, Dayton only has two losses, and yeah, again, strength of schedule thing. But they could easily be number one with a few losses from top five teams. And there you're looking at what nine number one teams this season. Right there, you just you cannot pick a team that'll win. Yeah, and I mean, once you get into the bracket, I mean. Then you everything gets shaken up again. Exactly. I mean, um, this gets kind of mentioned a lot, but a couple years ago, UMBC versus uh, Virginia. I mean, you had the conference, um, excuse me, the the bracket number one in Virginia going down against a 16 seed. And um, I mean, I don't think many people saw that coming. And so I think that can happen pretty much any time. Um, moving on to the, uh, the wooden award top 20 list just came out. Uh, it was just recently and it's the top 20, obviously. And there are some notable names that are missing before I go through the ones that are on there. Kentucky's Ashton Hagens and Tyrese Maxey. All right. Yeah. As much as it hurts me to say, Michigan's Xavier Simpson and Ohio State's Didn't Caleb Weston. Did he get like, suspended for something, though? I'm not sure. <laughs> now, <laughs> Nor do you care. No, I don't. But I'm not going to read the top 20 off, but I think some of your favorites, you're looking at Vernon Carey, the freshman out of Duke. Again, the Duke fan seated next to me is jumping up and down. Because the Michigan State fan actually gave him something. That's because uh, last year you gave us something in the... Uh, Elite Eight victory. Wait, what happened this year? Okay, okay, okay. Moving on. <laughs> I think Anthony Edwards, the star freshman yeah. out of Georgia, I think he's a pretty top 100%, candidate. 100%, yes. Um, I think that Philip Petrusev. Gonzaga guy. Whoever, the guy out of Gonzaga, I think he's putting up some serious stats. You already uh, talked about Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, I think. And if I had to round out a top five... I would honestly probably go either Cassius or Luca Garza, or Miles Powell. I think mm. or Marcus I think, Howard or Marcus Howard. I mean, there's there's some serious guard. I'm play. very high on Marcus Howard. I it think... seems there is nothing clear in the world of college basketball at this point. Well, yeah. no, mean, this every... this season's just been amazing, and that's because very up and down. We don't know we don't know who's gonna win. Like a, a non top twenty five team could make a surprise one to win. For all we know, I mean. Wisconsin. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I don't know if Wisconsin's going to do it, Todd. I don't even know if Wisconsin's going to make the tournament. They'll anymore. make the tournament. Yeah, they'll probably make the tournament. But, like, there really isn't much clear. I mean, I think your top center is Vernon Carey. But, I mean, when you look at all the other positions, you can't find a top position or a top player for each position. I think there's argument for all of them. You can't find a top player of the year. You cannot find a number one that can last more than five weeks. I mean... So basically what you're saying is, besides center, whoever wins like the position awards, there's going to be criticisms of that. 
decision. There will be arguments made against it because someone else should have won. Um, also, I think another name notably missed from the Wooden Award is Trey Jones. Oh, my Trey Jones goodness. Trey Jones won the Wooden Award. <laughs> oh, yes. Never mind. Um, okay, moving on to women's hoops. Um, I mean, obviously, for those of you who don't follow basketball, um, especially women's basketball, all you really need to know is UConn. But, um, and that's how it's been in the past. But speaking of UConn, um, they just lost last night to Oregon, and it was a 18-point loss, and that is the worst home loss. Yes, it was at UConn since 2005. It's Yikes. been 15 years. I mean, the top, in my opinion, the top player in women's basketball. Now I don't watch much of it, but I know the name Sabrina Sabrina Ionescu. 10 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. She almost had a triple-double against UConn, a top-five team. Yeah. Um, honestly, you're talking to a guy who doesn't follow women's hoops that much. Um, and I was honestly surprised to see UConn as low as four um, and to see Oregon ranked above them. Um, and even with only one rank separating the two teams – um, I think an 18-point loss like that is... Especially at home. Right. Especially at home is really unexpected. Um, yeah. Moving on to a quick MLB update. Um, recently, um, Mookie Betts, um, the, the star from the Washington... Not the Washington, I'm sorry. The Boston <laughs> Red Sox... Um, Yearly favorite team, by the way. Yes, as a Yankees fan. Uh, but anyway, um, there's recently been talk of him getting traded, um, and that could really shake up how the MLB looks this season. Um, so stay tuned for that. I think he's getting um, interest by the Padres. I've seen the Dodgers and the Padres. Dodgers and the both. Padres, Maybe yeah. Maybe Machado and Mookie Betts on the same team. I don't know. Manny Machado. He Okay, he's... to be fair, he didn't play that... I don't want to get too much into MLB, but Manny Machado didn't have the greatest years last year. I'm going to be honest. I mean, yeah. It was also his first year in a new city. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, moving on to MMA. And since Ethan and I know nothing about MMA, we're going to leave that to you, JR. Okay, well, most people, most sports fans don't listen to MMA, so I'm going to make this fast. However, the uh, John Jones and Dominic Reyes fight is a – Pretty huge one. Not as big as Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone, and that brought everybody and their mom. But that's a pretty big fight, and that's coming up soon. I'm pretty sure it's the 8th, maybe the next weekend. So within the next two weeks, there will be a big fight. Also, uh, most people don't know him. Again, this is just for the possible MMA fans in the sports world. Stipe Miocic is looking to have a second eye surgery and the rumor is Daniel Cormier is looking to either retire or fight Miocic. So, just some insider information on the MMA. Um, thank you for that, um, because... We don't know anything about MMA. Exactly. So, uh, moving on to top soccer. Um, I mean, there's so much to cover that we're really not going to get into much of it. But I think one glaring thing... Um, is just how Man City has slid this season. Uh, well, even the EPL in general. I mean, Man City, Man U, 
Um, there's like been there's Hotspur. Been some, there's been some serious the Arsenal the English the English Premier League has not been I guess what I mean average is playing out of it. Average is playing more than normally are so. I'm 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 happy where we are right uh-huh. now. Uh huh. I mean, but as a Leicester City fan, it does make me pretty happy to see the top English team struggling and us in third place. But I mean, you're looking at Liverpool having a 22 point lead after 25 games. They almost have more a bigger point lead than they have games played, which is insanity. And they've already clinched. A top table berth at 25 games. Arsenal can't even beat them. And Arsenal's in 10th place. Yeah, that makes my soul hurt. But, uh... <laughs> um, well, and obviously, as an Everton fan, um, Liverpool's, like, the arch-nemesis of Ever- Everton. I mean, it's not just for Liverpool. It's not just for Everton. I mean, not Well, everyone hates like them, Liverpool. in all honesty. Unless but... you're a Liverpool fan, you don't like Liverpool. They're or like the Patriots. Me. Or you're me. I... I don't care for Liverpool, but I don't hate them. I don't have anything against well, them. Well, I'm saying yeah. as, as an Everton fan, I mean... I, you I, got a reason. Yeah. I you st- play a derby every year. I still <laughs> I still hate them, but I I'm res- I respect what they're doing this year. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. The amount of talent they have on that team is absolutely insane. I think um, Jurgen Klopp's doing a great job out there. Yeah. You kind of have to have a little bit of respect when you're uh, 40 points behind them. That's a good point. Um, moving on to tennis. Um, again, the, I know nothing about this. So. Yeah, yeah, so this, this is this is Todd's part. Okay, this is my territory. Um, for you, those of you who don't know, the Australian Open just finished up last weekend. Um, with uh, Novak Djokovic uh, beating Dominic Team in the finals. Um, not much of a surprise there. Although I will say, props to Dominic Team. For not only taking down Rafael Nadal in the quarterfinals, but also taking down Sasha Zverev in um, in the semis, um, my man Roger Federer unfortunately uh, fell to Djokovic in the semis um, in three sets. Um, but I mean that was mostly to be expected on the men's side. However, on the women's side of the draw, kudos to Sophia Kennan for winning um, her first career uh, Australian Open, and if I'm correct, her first career um, big match. Um, She defeated um, Ash Barty in uh, the semis, which no one was expecting, given that uh, Kennan was the 14, if I'm not mistaken, and Ash Barty was the 1. Uh, so awesome job to her, um, and that's pretty much where we're at in the world of tennis, um, and that leaves us pretty much just with golf. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. No offense <laughs> to the golf supporters, but golf is not the very the most exciting sport. However, there is news that Tiger Woods is trying out for the Olympic team, and I didn't grow up watching much golf, but. If you know sports, you know the name Tiger Woods. Right. And I'd say I'm a big fan of his if I had to pick a golfer. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Tiger can do. If he can make the Olympic team good for him. I mean, he's already got millions on millions of dollars, so he doesn't he need any more. But 
I mean, comeback story. Good for Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. To... And I mean, not that you get that much money from the Olympics yeah. anyway. Well, yeah. But, but um, especially in golf. Yeah, I mean, what a comeback year he's had. Um, obviously from the arrests and well, the and back all of the back surgeries too. too. I, I mean, I mean, he just he made a good comeback. Um, right. Yeah, I think he's he's doing his thing. Yeah. Well. That just about wraps up everything that we have today. So um, if you're still with us, um, thank you for listening for all 48 minutes. And um, feel free to tune in to our next episode. Which hopefully will be within a week. We're looking to do these about once a week to keep you updated. However, if there is a breaking sports news, make sure to follow our Instagram page at ffm.sportsnetwork. You'll find all the latest news there, and we'll post any like sports facts and stuff as well. So yep, try to keep you updated. So please follow that, and please also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you, and goodbye.